2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. We pray that you will move in our hearts and lives this morning as we hear your word so that we will be challenged, so that we will be changed, and so that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are again so glad to uh, be uh, here and, and together. I mean, isn't it awesome that we can come back together? I and mean, we've been together a lot, but those restrictions that have been lifted, and we're just praising God for that, and we're excited about that as well. But um, we have been talking about this series on Pentecost. We talked about how uh, the Holy Spirit, on, on the Sunday of Pentecost, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is like the steam that carries the locomotive. It's the steam that carries the train, amen? And, and then last week, Pastor Barry shared with us the effects of Pentecost and talked about how the effects of Pentecost is uh, that of we receive power and that it's God's promise and, 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 and it, it's part of his pursuit for us. And so we're going to kind of be finishing that up this Sunday. And then next Sunday, you were probably wondering what in the world is the 80s music, which I love 80s music, by the way, Final Countdown was playing, and that is going to be our series that starts next Thursday night, next Sunday, called Final Countdown, and we're going to talk about subjects like uh, the return of Jesus. We're going to talk about final judgment. We're going to talk about hell. Yes, I said hell, and we're in a Methodist church. Uh, but, and, and then also we're going to talk about heaven. So, so make sure that you're here the next four weeks, and if you're out of town, catch us on Thursday night or online and be with us for that. But we're going to finish up today this time about Pentecost uh, because, you know, I got to thinking about as we've been talking about Pentecost as the fire of the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, they said that it was like flames of like tongues of fire were resting on their heads. And if, if, if the Holy Spirit is sort of like fire and, and we're talking about we want that fire burning bright in us. We want that fire to be burning so bright that others can see it, so that others can feel it, so that we can get through tough times and all of that. But sometimes, if we don't watch out, that fire can grow dim. I, I remember uh, whenever we lived up in Bladen County, we, we had a, a, our parsonage there, uh, like this one has a, a fireplace, except it was a wood fireplace. And so, of course, there were some folks in the church that cut a bunch of wood, brought it to the house, and we had that wood out there, and 
and we would just kind of uh, burn it, not for heat, but just kind of burn it just because it's cool to have a fireplace going in, in the wintertime and everything. And, and so, uh, you know, so it wouldn't throw out a lot of heat, but we would get it going pretty good sometimes. But I won't ever forget the ice storm came. And, you know, that's whenever the, the water freezes on the limbs and all these limbs start falling. And, and of course, like it happens many times with ice storms, the power went out. And the power is what runs the heat. And so, guess what we had to do? And I remember we got together and, and kind of uh, huddled in the living room there around that, around that fireplace. But I was not very good at preparation uh, when it comes to those kind of things. Let me just say, you would not want to be in the woods with me if, if, if it means survival, okay? But anyway... I didn't think about, I mean, we had some wood that was already inside, but I didn't think about the fact that we needed to go get the wood that was outside covered with ice and water uh, and, and take it and maybe let it dry out some in, in the, uh, under the carport or whatever. And so we quickly burned up the wood that was on the inside, and then I had to go and try to burn wet wood. And that, let me just go ahead and tell you, wet wood does not burn easily at all. And because you've heard me say before, after a great song like we've heard this morning or things like that, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood must be wet. Well, guess what? Wet wood is hard to burn. And I mean, let me just tell you, we, we, we made it, but we weren't the warmest as we could have been because of the wet wood that was there. But even whenever we would get that wood dried out from the heat, then we would also, there would be times that the fire would grow kind of dim and the flame would grow down or would kind of fade away and we'd have to get in there and stir up the fire so that oxygen could get in there and help the flame to burn again. And I believe that's how it is with our spiritual lives sometimes. Maybe we find ourselves at a time whenever uh, we are, the fire is burning brightly. Maybe, maybe it's after, I know that Pastor Chris took um, the confirmands to a retreat and, and just a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about the Spirit burning brightly in them. And I know others that have been on confirmation retreats have talked about how the Spirit burns brightly in there during that time. Or, or, or maybe it was that time that you went on an Emmaus walk or a chrysalis flight, or maybe it was that time whenever you went uh, to a revival somewhere, or maybe it was an old-fashioned camp meeting revival, or maybe it was revival here that we had, or maybe it was a worship service on Sunday morning, or maybe it was a mission trip, maybe it was ASP or Guyana mission or some other mission trip that you went on. Maybe it was to the Holy Land and, 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 and taking a pilgrimage there, but wherever it was, whether it was in the church or outside of the church, there are times that our spirit is set ablaze. Amen? And it's burning brightly. It's burning hot. And then there are other times, if we don't watch out, that the, that the flame dims down. Now, now, don't be so hard on yourself if the flame dims down sometimes because sometimes it can just, life happens and it can sort of put a damper on our flame. Sometimes, uh, whether it may be that uh, we just get caught up into the mundane or maybe things didn't turn out like we thought it should or thought it would, or maybe we get upset with God and start trusting in ourselves for things, or, or maybe it might be some reason that we decide that we're going to 
chase the American dream instead of chase God's spirit. And, and, and we say, oh, Lord, yeah, I'll, I'll serve you later. Let me just take care of this or let me just make this money or let me just get this stuff and then I'll serve you and I'll make my commitment then. And before we know it, the flame is dwindling down. Well, Paul is warning in this scripture, he is warning Timothy a young believer in the faith and a young uh, pers person in ministry, he is warning him that there can be times when the flame will dwindle down. And in fact, he says, Timothy, I, I love your genuine faith. I love that. And he saw a genuine faith in Timothy. And he said, it's like in your grandmother Lois and, and just like in your mother Eunice. In other words, they were passing it down through the family, this genuine faith. But then he says in verse 6, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He's saying, stir up this gift. Now, now later translators have found earlier manuscripts, and as they see this, this gift, it is referred to in some ways as some type of flame. In other words, Revised Standard Version says it like this, Hence I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. And then New Living Translation actually says it like this, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. In other words, the flame of the Spirit in your life you and I and all of us need to be continuing to stir up that gift so that the flame continues to burn brightly and greatly in our lives. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that can, can and, I, and especially graduates, it's going to be really easy as you are graduating from high school because here's what oftentimes happens. A lot of folks graduate from high school and they think for some reason all of a sudden they graduated from church. And that, that's the biggest thing I do not want to happen, whether you go off to school, whether you're back. And there's challenges. We did some research on some of the biggest challenges for graduates, uh, for high school graduates. And, and this is for those going off to college, choosing a major, new class formats, an amount of quality of work, managing newly found freedom from parents, uh -huh. uh, being homesick, uh, time management, pressure from workload, school and job. Now, for those that are staying or going straight into the workforce, a lot of these are similar. Uh, looking for employment, making new friends, housing problems, time management, personal responsibilities increase, finding their sense of belonging. Uh, you know, because school in many ways, high school is our identity. And so whenever we move from high school, all of a sudden it's a new identity, whether we're uh, staying or whether we're going. Finding... Uh, Finding a new church if you're moving out or, or moving away. Finding a church, figuring out what kinds of hobbies they want to participate in or what social events they want to be a part of. Now, here's the thing. A lot of these are not just for graduates. As I read through those and as I thought about those, all of us find ourselves dealing with that in some way or another. And if we don't watch out, those challenges can dim the flame of God in our life. And Timothy, I mean, Paul writes to Timothy and says, here's why you need to fan the flame. You need to fan the flame of the gift that's in you. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I don't know any, anybody here that doesn't want to have those three things. Amen? 
We want to have the power to live for God. We want to have the love of God. And we, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to have a sound mind. Amen. And so I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about how do we rekindle the flame of God's Spirit in us? How do we rekindle the flame of God's Spirit in us? Number one is this. Make space for quiet time with God every day. Make space for quiet time with God every day. You may not have seen what we gave to our graduates, but we gave them a devotional book. Because let me tell you something, if we want to have spirit and not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and power and a sound mind, it starts with spending some time with God every day, every day. Whether it's a devotional, whether it, for all of us it does, whether it's to read in the Bible, to go to the beach and pray for a little while, find a sunny spot outside, or whether it's on your commute to work where you just turn off the radio, turn off the phone, and, and, and just spend a few minutes listening to God and talking to God. I, I mean, folks, I, can you imagine what would happen if all of us just turned off our phones for 30 minutes a day and spent that time with God instead of spending it with Facebook or with Instagram or with Snapchat or whatever it is that is your preference for Twitter or Twitter, Twitter, whatever it is for, um, for, for social media. Can you imagine what would happen in this world if we just took that time and did that? And folks, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's not easy for preachers either. I think some people think that preachers just wake up in the morning and the heavens open up and, oh, you know, and, and, and there's the sermon and there's your time. No, it's the opposite of that. It's hard. We have the same distractions that you all have. And so we need to all take that time to spend with God every day. Look, Psalm 46 verse 10 says this, be still and know that I am God. Be still. And you know that that word still is not just talking about a lack of motion. It is talking about silence. It means stopping and getting quiet long enough to hear God say what he wants to say to our hearts. And then Jesus said it like this in Mark 6, verse 31. And Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Do you ever feel like that's your life? That you don't even have time to eat, much less spend some time with God? And Jesus is saying, you need to get away. You need to take some time and spend it with me. We saw Jesus do the very same. He, he left the crowd on several occasions and went to the mountain to pray all by himself. And he's given us that example. See, this world has this lie out there that we have to be productive all the time. And, and we, we think that if we're not productive, then somehow uh, then we're, we don't, we're not living up to who God made us to be. no. What we have to be is present. That's what God wants us to be. And so I pray that we will all make space for quiet time with God every day. Number two is this. Stay connected to other Christians through worship and groups. Whether you're going away to college, whether you're staying here, whether you're, 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 you're someone here visiting today or, or somebody just in town, wherever you are, I think this is utterly important for us to keep the flame burning is to stay connected to other Christians. I'll tell you, that's the thing that kept me probably in college, I mean, from doing some really crazy, well, I still did a few crazy things, but anyway, for me, even crazier stuff was the people I was connected to. 
the people I was connected with. See, we cannot keep the flame burning by ourselves. That's the beauty of the Methodist movement is that John Wesley set up these small groups. They're called bands or classes and, or classes and the larger ones were bands and they would hold each other accountable. They would get into each other's business. See, I know that is so anti-American now to get into each other's business. We just, you be you, it's okay, all that. No, they would get into each other's business. They would pray for one another. They would be there for one another. And that's how they kept the fire burning in a movement that spread all across America. And then we wonder why it's not spreading now. And the folks, we need one another in that way. Don't you remember that story of the paralyzed man that Jesus uh, was in the house and there was a crowd around him and his friends, four of his friends took the man, dug through the top of the house and lowered him down. And I love what the Bible says. It says that when Jesus saw their faith, didn't say when it saw his faith, he was probably being lowered down and saying, what in the world crazy thing are they doing this time? They are lowering me through a roof. And it, Jesus saw their faith and the man was healed. We need one another. And then I love that story of Lazarus. That story of Lazarus. You remember Jesus, Lazarus was Jesus' friend and he was the brother of Mary and Martha and, and Jesus was away and, and, and it takes Jesus four days to get back to where Lazarus had died and he was dead for four days and they're all like, why didn't you get here? You know, if you had only gotten here and then they, they still tried to be religious and they said, oh, I know he'll rise again in the great resurrection and all this, but that's not helping us right now and, and, and stuff. And, and you remember what happened? Now, I, I'm going to need a volunteer. I need a male volunteer, okay? I need somebody to come play Lazarus. A male volunteer, anybody, anybody. Come on, Chris, we'll get you. <laughs> all right. All right, so... Back then, they would prepare a body for the tomb, and they would, just hold on to that right Other there. Duties <laughs> Other duties as a sign for associate pastors here, right? You know, and so Lazarus was there. He was in the grave for four days. Oh, man, I'm getting dizzy. Oh, gracious. But anyway, he was in the uh, grave for four days now, and the King James Bible even says that he stinketh, all right? So he stinketh. All right, no, no, <laughs> he smells good, y'all. Anyway, the... Um, so, and they bound him up. They would prepare the grave bodies almost like a mummy, all right? So, almost like a mummy. And I'm going to come back up here in just a second. <laughs> all right? Woo! <laughs> I am dizzy. But the, uh, so, so Lazarus is there. Now, I love the story because Jesus goes to the tomb, and he doesn't just do like that, and the stone rolls away. You know what? Some of the people there rolled the stone away. You see why others were important? And then Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. I love, I, one preacher said, you know why he called his name? Because if Jesus had not called Lazarus' name, everybody that was dead in that place would have came out. Amen. <laughs> if he would have just said, come on out, everybody would have came out. But no, he healed Lazarus. He, he raised Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus, and I imagine... Hop a little for us, Chris. He was having to hop out because he was bound. Yeah, look, and, and he was bound. So this is what Jesus says to do. Look at what Jesus says to do. I need another volunteer, all right? Another volunteer, somebody, somebody, somebody. We got somebody, come on, all right. Yeah, come on, Danny. All right, 
So here's what Jesus says, John 11, 44, so you know I'm not making this up, all right? Jesus said, and he who died came out bound, hand and foot with cl grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. We forgot to wrap your face, all right, but anyway, it's all right. And his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. All right, Danny, you get loose him. <laughs> You can just tear it, whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> Lazarus, even though he was raised from the grave, was still bound until somebody else came and freed him up. And look, let me tell you something, folks. There are times in our lives that the Lord works in our lives, and he's working by putting somebody else there to tear the grave clothes off so that we don't have to be bound any longer. We need to stay connected in those ways. Amen. Thank y'all. Let's praise God for them. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So we make sure for quiet time, we stay connected to other Christians through worshiping groups. And lastly, we find a place to serve others. We find a, I mean, we find a place to serve others. Folks, if we want to rekindle the flame, it is done through serving. Did you know that the same Greek word for ministry is used in the New Testament for serving? Same. They're interchangeably. So there's things that you do that you may not think of as ministry. You may say, well, I hand out connect cards. That's ministry. That's not just serving. That is ministry. You may say, well, I help in the nursery. That's ministry. It's ministry, and don't ever think it any less than that. You may say, well, I help in the parking lot. We need more help in the parking lot, by the way. But anyway, the, uh, I help in the parking lot. That's ministry. Every time we serve, I go on a mission trip. That is ministry. Because here's the thing that I know. When we do ministry, we will see Jesus. Because when we're serving others, we're seeing others. I mean, we're serving Jesus. And whenever we go, I, I've heard it time after time that people go on a mission trip and they literally feel the presence of Jesus in the people that they are serving. Ministry rekindles the flame. Ephesians, Paul writes it like this in Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You hear that? We were created to do those good works, and those good works are serving others. And that will rekindle the flame every time. I love uh, the old story that this old evangelist, Sam Jones, used to tell. He said he'd finish up some of his revival meetings and and he was finishing one up one time, and he asked the congregation, he said, all right, so how many of you right now, how many of you, if, if you could be any part, if you could be any part of the, if the kingdom of God was a train, and you could be any part of that train, and it was the kingdom of God, what part would it be? They said one person stood up and said, I want to be the whistle. I want to blow that whistle and I want, to, I want to let everybody know that the kingdom of God is coming. Somebody else said, well, you know what? I'd love to be the locomotive so I can just carry the kingdom of God on in. He said the best answer, though, came by the last one that answered. And it was this elderly person that stood up and said, I just want to be a lump of coal 
so that I can just be burned up for the cause of Christ. Y'all notice I said burned up, not burned out. There's a difference. I just want to be burned up. In other words, I just want to serve in such a way. I don't want to leave this world and say, you know, I had a chance to do something and I didn't do it for God. I just want to be burned up. Because, you know, the other thing, coal burns and coal keeps that steam engine going. And folks, we need some lumps of coal. And whenever we do, that flame is going to be rekindled in our lives. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for these graduates, Lord, and we thank you for everybody here. And Lord, if we find our place today, if we find ourselves in a place where we just feel like the, the light has grown dim, if we've sort of left our place or lost our place or whatever, Lord, we pray right now, God, that we will begin to do what, it's, what we need to do to just be to have our flame rekindled. Lord, fan the flame in our hearts today as we share in this holy meal together. In Jesus' name, amen.